Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. You know, I like the idea of people being able to make informed choices, right? And, and I don't think most people would dispute that. But the question becomes, well, how do we get informed? Is it on us to inform ourselves or do we need to kind of be beat over the head with that? So that's kind of the crux of the debate here. Now, take cigarettes, for example, and we've long accepted the idea of warning labels on cigarettes, and those have become larger and more graphic over the years. But I guess they drive home the point. Smoking cigarettes is bad for you, and I think most people know that, if they didn't know that already. But does that apply to alcohol? Now, if you've ever gone to the United States and uh, you know bought a, bought a beer uh, in, in the U.S., you probably noticed on the can or bottle that there's that Surgeon General's warning. I mean, it's not prominent. It's not graphic. And I guess when it comes to alcohol, what is it we need to warn people about? Is it the dangers of drinking and driving? Is it the dangers of consuming alcohol while pregnant? Is it the dangers of drinking too much? And what specifically? What it could do to your liver, the potential cancer risk. What exactly do we need to convey to people? Because uh, there's a lot there. And I guess we're going to run out of room on most cans and bottles if, if uh, we're going to take it to, to its logical extreme here. But it's basically, uh, well, it's certainly not common in Canada, pretty much unheard of in Canada, to have warning labels on alcohol. Until recently, the Yukon recently mandated warning labels on alcohol, but that didn't last very long. That uh, after pushback from the industry, uh, UConn has had second thoughts, and they have uh, backed away from mandating alcohol warning labels. Now, that's not gone over well with some, as Tim Stockwell was involved uh, in some initial research uh, looking at this. says he feels extreme disappointment at what's happened in the Yukon. Uh, Tim Stockwell is director of the Canadian Institute for Substance Use Research, also professor in the Department of Psychology at the University of Victoria. Dr. Stockwell, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rob. Pleasure to be here. All right. So tell us a bit more about the research you were involved in, because this is what I understand led directly to, to that policy in, in the Yukon. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. This is research led by my colleague, Dr. Erin Hobin uh, from Public Health Ontario. I'm a co-investigator with her. We spent four years designing this study and we were very grateful to the Yukon government for inviting this study to happen. So rather than mandating these warning labels, they have allowed them. They've been put on by hand in their main liquor store in Whitehorse and the plan was to do that for eight months. We've done a survey before, early last summer. We were 
poised to do one again this year in May and June as a follow-up. And we're also doing surveys in the Northwest Territories in Yellowknife where there will be no such labels and they're like a control. So that's in essence, we're trying to see how consumers respond to these new labels. What does the evidence tell us then? Well, it depends on the kind of evidence. I mean, there's a lot of evidence about the harms. Um, there's a lot of evidence on, for, on which guidelines has, have been developed for consumers about what is low, a low-risk level to consume alcohol. And there's evidence about how to count drinks and how people don't know how much alcohol they are drinking and what is in the containers of their favorite drinks. So we designed studies, uh, sorry, labels that would provide people with information about health risks that they don't already have, by and large. Advice on national low-risk drinking guidelines, which most people are completely unaware of, and guidelines on how many standard drinks are in an alcohol container someone's about to consume. And again, most people don't know those things. So it was really filling a void in, for most Canadian drinkers in what they understand and know about risks and how to minimize them. When it comes to smoking, I mean, the goal is pretty clear. We, we want people to quit smoking, and, and uh, you know, we don't really beat around the bush that that's the ultimate objective. But I don't think that's the objective, the public policy directive when it comes to alcohol. So what are we hoping to achieve by putting warning labels on alcohol products? Well, as I mentioned, there is a warning label about cancer, but there's also advice on low-risk levels of consumption. So I guess the, the, the quick answer to that is to drink within the low-risk drinking guidelines of no more than two drinks a day for a woman, no more than three standard drinks a day for a man, at least two days completely off per week. Those are consistent with a low risk to health, um, and you need to be able to count your standard drinks. So should that be the focus of warning labels then? Because, you know, as I alluded to earlier, I suppose there, there are a lot of different things we could focus on when it comes comes to this question. Yeah, there's a lot of research on what is effective communication and in particular around labeling. And one thing we know, if you could design the worst possible label, it would be the US one that you just described. It's tiny, the general black warning. and white, the Surgeon General's yeah. warning. They're at a crazy angle. You might, if you're very careful, notice them. If you've got bad eyesight, you wouldn't be able to read it because the font size is too small. Hasn't been changed in 30 plus years that the, the labels have been on there. So we've got colorful labels. We've rotated the message so they changed it wasn't just one fixed initially we had a design with a whole load of stuff on one big label but it wasn't going to fly it was too large and it had to be in french that was the other thing we got everything in two languages unlike the u.s surgeon general so a series of rotating labels you could have 10 such labels 20 but we just started with three and we talked with local residents and stakeholders in the Yukon. We did focus groups to find out what they would like on the label and how best to express it. So a lot of time and effort went into designing these labels. Right. So one said uh, alcohol can cause cancer, including breast and colon cancers. There was another that said to reduce health risks, drink no more than two standard drinks a day for women, three for men. What was the third one? The third one, which we haven't yet put out, but we are planning to, is about the number of standard drinks in an alcohol container. It's tricky because we're putting them on by hand. Where this has been done in Australia and New Zealand, where I used to work, 
that it's just a requirement. It's just a regulation. Every manufacturer has to print on the. It's just standard information on the every can and bottle, and they do how many standard drinks to one decimal point. So most people don't know what a standard drink is. Well, they might believe they do, but they're usually wrong. And they don't know if you get a bottle of wine, the usual wine, they, they can't calculate how many standard drinks are in that bottle of wine. Or if it's an 8% beer or a 4% beer, depending on the size. There's all these different strengths of drink out there, all these different container sizes. Unless you have a measurement of units of alcohol, the stuff that does you the harm, you can't keep track. So, so the labels would um, help there. Okay, so the, it, the labels were not being put on by the manufacturers? No. They're put on by hand, and some of our research teams contributed. And the whole thing is kind of interesting. Probably the cost at most for a month, for four weeks, 250,000 labels were needed. So this is just one liquor store in Whitehorse. Um, so it's pretty intensive, but it, it probably cost, with the labels and the man hours, person hours, about $40,000. A campaign, an awareness campaign, would cost hundreds of thousands, if not millions, you know, with the TV advertising and billboards, what have you. Hard work for a small number of people. Very effective way of getting messages out, particularly to the heaviest drinkers, because clearly the people who see them, this is something we know from the research, the heavier drinkers see the message the most often. So a decision was made by the Yukon Liquor Corporation to pause this study. What's your understanding then of what happened? Oh, um, lobbyists from the liquor industry, particularly Beer Canada, uh, the uh, Canadian Vintners, that's the winemakers, and Spirits Canada came down really heavy and wrote threatening letters. My university received one. talking about defamation, um, talking about how there was no evidence that alcohol caused cancer, which is strange that they feel they have a higher authority than the World Health Organization and, um, you know, like the U.S. College of Oncologists or the cancer specialists. I mean, it's, I mean, there's an article this week in Nature about the basic, the, you know, the mechanism whereby alcohol interferes with our DNA and contributes to cancer risk. So they were basically coming out and denying or minimizing or distorting the evidence about that and threatening legal action in effect. I mean, that was it was received as a threat, whether they actually wrote that they were going to do that. Um, the, the, the Yukon government believes that they, they might be subject to a lawsuit, um, you know, a class action, should they go ahead and continue informing customers about these things. Well, when it comes to something like cancer risk, there's a lot of nuance in uh, understanding, you know, what the baseline risk is, what the potential increase in risk is, how much you need to consume to to get to a, a significant, statistically significant increase in, in cancer risk. Can you really convey all of that in, in a warning label? You, you don't need to. What you've just said there actually isn't correct. The risk starts as soon as you start drinking alcohol. It's related only to the amount that you drink. There's no threshold. There's no safe threshold. Um, all the research evidence just shows an increasing risk from half a drink a day or one drink a week all the way up through to drinking 10 or 20 drinks a day. And the more you but drink... But by how much, risk... I think is my point. Like, what, What's my risk if I don't drink of getting colon cancer? And if I well, do drink, how much does that risk increase? 
Well, what I is it then? I, I, I think all consumers need to know, and most uh, the amount where we our, our baseline survey showed 75% of residents, uh, the, the liquor store customers in Whitehorse and Yellowknife, had no idea there was even an increased risk. All we say is, um, uh, you know, that, that, that there's an increased risk of um, cancers if you if you drink, and that that's true. And, and there's the web link. If you want to find out more information, there's, there's more details about that. So there's, there's no downside, I think, in alerting people to a risk of cancer. It's something pretty serious. And, that, you know, I, I think really the boot should be on the other foot. I'm surprised citizens aren't suing the government for not warning them about these things. So what does this all foretell going forward um, and, and the whole concept of, of a broader implementation of any kind of a warning label policy? Um, well, what it comes down to is the Yukon government at the moment has limited resources to defend itself, and I think people are mostly appalled when they hear what's happening with the, indus- the standover tactics from the liquor industry. And I think it's incumbent upon governments um, with more resources to come to their support and to take, you know, at some point. And nettle has to be grasped in Canada. There's 26 other countries with warning labels on alcohol. In South Korea, they they mention the word cancer. Um, It would seem to be normal. It would seem to be a consumer's right to know these things and incumbent upon a producer that makes a lot of money from selling something that's carcinogenic that they warn their customers of this fact. All right, well, we'll see where this all goes from here. Uh, Tim Stockwell, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate this. Thank you for having me. All right, take care. Uh, That is Dr. Tim Stockwell, director of the Canadian Institute for Substance Use Research at the University of Victoria, was involved in this uh, study that was supposed to be an ongoing study in the Yukon to look at the impact of this, Uh, and they shut it down. So what do you make of the idea of warning labels, that it's just there presenting information, you can take it or leave it, doesn't impact the price of the product, doesn't impact your availability to buy the product. It's simply conveying information to you that somebody thinks you ought to know. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.